Warrior Woman, welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is with one of my warriors, Shannon. She and I have been working together for over three years, and she is the first one to be on the podcast for this warrior series, which I'm so grateful and very excited to share with you. In this series, my warrior women will share their training and health stories with you. I believe that there is power in story and that we are stronger together. So in the series, we will talk about their journeys to heal their bodies, build strength and feel confident. These women are at the heart of my work and I'm so excited to share their stories with you. So tune in and enjoy hearing about Shannon's story. Yeah, I just want to talk to you about your story. Right. Because I think that there is such power in story. Right. Yes. And, and it can kind of motivate other people to like um, motivate you because you can be stuck in a certain spot, stuck in a certain situation. And then all of a sudden you hear somebody else who says something and you're like, well, that was just me doing the exact same thing kind of thing. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're going to start it right there. So we're going to, st- we're starting. We're- okay. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to talk about your story. And I know uh, we don't have to go back to once upon a time, like the very beginning. (laughs) We can, let's start when we first met each other. And then we can go back because obviously going back is important. Um, But how long ago did we meet each other? I was trying to think about that this morning. I was going through my notes uh, and I thought, oh, Shannon's so good with numbers and times. She probably (laughs) probably remembers. So we probably, so when did you move? And because it was when we, you were at CrossFit. So when did you move to Canada and then start going to CrossFit? So that's when we first saw each other. You were, you would be doing all the stretching and, and that kind of thing off to the side. And then. Um, he had you do the mobility classes. So we started doing a little bit of that. And then I remember, um, so it was 2017. I took on a, a mat leave position with another company and I was starting to put on a little like five or 10 pounds. And it's like, well, I don't want that. So then I did the extra hit in the afternoon. So I would do a CrossFit class in the morning then uh, before picking up the kids, I would go and then do another class, like my own class of, you know, 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off on the elliptical or the bike or whatever. And I would do the, the assault bike, do that. And then I also did um, Bernstein, which was the 900 calories a day, take the vitamin shots three times a week because you're so um, restricted as far as what you're eating. So you need to t- take supplements. They need to, sh- you know, poke you with supplements. So did that. And then I remember speaking with you in 2018. It was like January going, okay, I've done all of this. It's still not working. I'm still not losing anything where I wanted to lose it. So that's when we started, started to work together. But even then it was like, you need to slow down. What? You can't do that. That's not possible. (laughs) So yeah, so it was probably 2018 where we started and we went down different paths or whatever. And it's like, okay, so now when's this going to happen? And you trying to trying to gently remind or gently suggest that 
Maybe you need to see a naturopath. Maybe you need to sort of uh, start eating breakfast. Maybe you need to start doing some of that stuff. So that's when it all kind of started. Yeah, I came here. It will be five years in December. So I started coaching in 2017. And I do remember one of our first conversations was about your back because you used to get lower back pain. So I remember, yeah, one of our first conversations was around your lower back and your knees. And then when I started to teach mobility, uh, the knees were a hot topic. They still are today, but we'll get into talking about the journey of the knees. (laughs) Yeah, so that was, uh, from my memory, one of our first interactions and conversations. And then, like you said, in 2018, we had a deeper conversation around... uh, just what you were going through, like the, the frustration around, yeah. you know, not being able to create change uh, and feeling really stressed uh, as well. So, yes, I sent you to a naturopath. What did the naturopath find? Well, even still, even then it was like, okay, you should probably consider walking. And so initially the walking was, you know, I'd still do all the CrossFit and then I would go after dinner. I'm like, okay, now I've got to go for a walk. And it would be like a loop. So it would be about 10 minutes. So there's, there's my little walk that I've done. And um, because that's, that's the walk that I had to do. So uh, she had suggested again, trying to, you know, stress could be a factor, but my personality is such that I just go with it. I just deal with it. It's like, oh, so somebody broke their leg or whatever. Okay, well, um, come on, let's go to, down to the ER or whatever. Not a big, not a big deal. Oh, you know, groceries and working full time and running the house. <clears throat> so to me, it was like, well, I'm not stressed. I'm just, this is normal life. The, this is what I do. And then it wasn't until we actually dove into the looking at the hormones and doing that test that we saw, okay, yeah, you're in, you're running on fumes and you've been running on fumes for a long time. So we need to try and address that. But then how do you, how she didn't she gave me some supplements or whatever and made some suggestions like, yeah, you can still work out. And yeah, I would start walking more in that. So I got a, a watch, which showed me the steps, but it wasn't, I'm somebody who needs more like, you can't do this. You can't, you can do this and you can't do this. So it's taken a couple of years to sort of go, okay, well, maybe this isn't right. And that, and, you know, you ask about the intermittent fasting and it's like, yeah, well, you're kind of, it's, it's, you're already doing that because you go to sleep and you wake up, but going till noon isn't good. So you sort of learn that as you go along. Um, So that took a little bit of time. Yeah. So what you were saying, there was like life, like navigating life. Like you have a full-time job that's very demanding. You have two young boys, you know, you have a house, you have, you know, all of these things that make up life, which Mm -hmm. you don't think that was really stressful. It was just life. Like that was just normal and common. And, you know, it was very demanding, but you could juggle it all. And it wasn't until you saw some numbers, some hormones, uh, Mm -hmm a little bit out of whack that you kind of thought, oh, okay, so maybe the body is a bit stressed. Um, (laughs) Were there any other like signs other than, you know, you not being able to get the results that you wanted in your training? Do you remember any other signs that uh, were coming up in the body at that time? 
Not really, because the thing is, is I know that they always talk about, you know, uh, PMS symptoms and your menstrual. I was always regular, like 28, 29 days all the time. I never had any PMS symptoms. I maybe the odd time would have a headache, um, like the day before or on the last day of um, my period or whatever. But so maybe, but that wasn't even consistent. I didn't get lower back pain. I didn't get, um, I don't get moody or anything. So to say, okay, your, your menstrual cycle is, will be irregular or it'll show up in there. It didn't show up. So I was like, well, I'm not stressed then. So I should be able to lose this, this, the extra weight around my stomach. So why can't I lose that? And I do the, you know, cutting the cutting the calories I did the you know paleo all of those different things trying and still nothing would ever work so yeah (laughs) actually we were having uh our checking call the other day and you mentioned about how you used to come to the gym in the morning drink black coffee you would train crossfit and then you would you know get the boys ready you'd work all day you'd come back in the afternoon uh, and you were on like a lower calorie diet uh, yep. and you just, you ran off that for a really long time. Cortisol yep. and adrenaline are amazing things. You know, people often say that they feel really good when they fast and that's because well, our cortisol is higher. So it makes us feel good when we run off that, when we run off those fumes, it can make us feel really good for a while until it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> um <clears throat> So we've basically spent the last few years creating safety in your body. Right. And looking at this stress piece. Right. So I talk a lot about taking the long way home. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, Shen, like you just said, you've taken a lot of short way home like paths before, you know, the diets, the restricting, the over-exercising, all of these things. Uh, I want to talk about what it's been like for you to choose to take the long way home. And let's talk a bit about the things that we started to do to create some safety in your body and reduce the stress. Okay. So we, well, what we started with was the walking. So, and that took time as well. I mean, it was easy in that, okay, I had the, the watch because, you know, with my work, some days I can be walking around the hospital and, and being busy or whatever. But then a lot of times you're sitting outside of an OR just standing there, not doing much, or you're sitting at a computer. So the watch helped because we started with the 15,000 steps a day. So we would do that. And um, initially it was, okay, I'd have that. And I'd have my little tracker on as well when I'd start out. So I'd see how long it took, how far I would go in an hour. And I would do like six kilometers or seven kilometers or whatnot. And I would be really going. <laughs> and then it was like, okay, let's, and then we would adjust it depending on how things were going, whether we go to 13,000 or now we're at 11,000. And it was, okay, now you scrape your walking, but you still are still in a stressed state. So can you please stop that part? So now um, I still have the watch on my wrist, but I don't have, um, I don't ever clock it to see how fast I'm going because I would see my pace and it's like, okay, I did one kilometer in eight minutes. Now I've got to do the next one in seven. So I'd be always 
pushing myself. So I'm just, I'm laughing because well, Shannon loves numbers and pretty much most of the women that I work with love numbers and I'm the complete opposite. So when I gave her the target, oh, she went for it. And oh, yeah. I think how many days in a row did you hit 15,000 steps? Oh, I don't know. But now, I mean, I've still kept going and so I've just adjusted it, but I'm at 570 days of making sure that I hit my walking target. So now it's at 11. And yeah. I would do about 400,000 steps in a month yeah. kind of thing. So <clears throat> it's a little bit lower now. Yes. Um, but we now- had to work hard on that, on allowing you, like, you know, you're allowing yourself to reduce that. And the watch, the watch has been a big part of our work and, you know, yeah. not counting the steps. Yeah. So now, now I don't uh, listen to music when I'm walking. I don't talk or anything. I'm nose breathing. So I'm breathing through my nose, even when I'm going up the hills. So I'm nose breathing and then I'm just, um, it's my escape. So I walk this morning. I only walked for about 40 minutes, but when the kids are in school, it's usually an hour. I drop the kids off, go on my loop and I walk home. So I'm doing an hour a day and um, that's what, what it is now um, without any reminders from the, the watch telling me how fast or, or where I'm going. Um, so I've taken that part out of it as well, um, trying to then become less stressed and less focused on the number and just letting things happen. Yeah, like this sounds simple when she's talking about it, but it's actually a really hard thing to do. So often I'll get most women to walk because it's, uh, well, it works our aerobic system, but it really is time, like you just said, a way for you. Like you get mm-hmm. to be... Uh, you know, we want to try and create some presence, some connection and help walking really down regulates the nervous system and helps with our stress. But yes, we started with a goal uh, for our steps. And often we can get really attached to that goal, you know, that number, uh, making sure that we hit it. Uh, And then we've worked really hard, really over the last like, you know, six, eight, 10 months to still create the space for a walk, but to let go of, you know, the number. And I think, you know, this sounds like such a simple thing, but it's not easy, but it's also really cool because it can help us in our training as well. And, you know, our other goals, if they're, you know, in particular, very much focused on weight, shape or size, like this small little thing we do with our watch has a purpose to like try and, Uh, you know, remove the attachment to the number or the outcome. Uh, And so that's, yeah, that's one of our little tasks that we've been working on, which now you do. Yeah. Yeah. And even like in our check-in session, you suggested, okay, yes, I want you to do more of the weights now and training. And then you don't necessarily have to do the walk. And it's like, no, I'm still doing the walk just because it's my, it's no longer a need in order to sort of try and lose the weight or get the exercise. It's more, this is my mental my mental state in order to be able to keep sane and not yell at my kids all the time. Yeah. I need to have that bit of time to myself to think and be creative and, and stuff, things like that. Like I come home with weird ideas or different thoughts every time I go on a walk and it's like, so why don't we do this and that kind of thing. So it allows you to just um, step back and, and sort of give yourself, you don't have 
computers or cell phones or kids, you don't have any um, distractions. Mm -hmm. So you're able to just, your mind just kind of wanders and goes down all sorts of different pathways and it it helps you clear your mind. And I think it then helps reduce the stress. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So the walking was a big one that we started to help you manage the stress. Uh, The next one was food. Yes. (laughs) So when I met Shan, she was always hungry. (laughs) She was yes. never full. <laughs> yep. My husband's still. <laughs> um, and, you know, like you spoke about before, you came from very much a restrictive place of a taking away, reducing. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about the journey that you've gone on with, you know, with your food over the last, especially the last couple of years? Right. So like we mentioned, I've done anywhere from, you know, 900 calories a day. So hugely restricted. So yes, hungry all the time. And I, you know, you try and bulk up to try and get, like you try and have larger meals. So you would eat lots of salad or green beans or whatever, low calorie stuff so that you could have more quantity to be able to have your stomach actually feel like it was full, but it still was uh, still full or still empty at, at times. And, um, you know, then I would also not eat until noon so that then when I had a meal, it was a bigger meal so that I would actually feel like I had that fullness. And then not realizing it until now, um, would you'd have those cravings and binge. Like if it was around my period, that's the one thing I would crave is a chocolate. So there was a couple of times Dave bought me chocolate for um, uh, Christmas or whatever. And it's like, okay, I'll have two pieces or whatever, but now can you please hide it so that I don't eat the whole thing within the, within the day, I could eat a whole pound of chocolate within 24 hours. So it was now there's stuff sitting in the pantry. And if I feel like a piece of chocolate, then I'll have one corner of it, but I won't eat the whole thing. If there's something else, then I don't have to eat the whole thing. And it's part, it wasn't until you um, had us do that 30 day challenge. I think it was in March Yeah. of you know, making sure that you had balanced snacks and meals. So your protein, your carbs, and your fat, and make sure that they were balanced, that it sort of started to click, as well as um, then you were, you were feeling satiated. And then it wasn't until now that I just realized that when we started doing that, there was no more binging, there was no more cravings, because you were getting all of the, the food groups, and all of the, the nutrients that you needed. So that took a long time. I mean, we met in 18 and it's not until 2021 that I finally figured that part out. (laughs) That's okay. We're we're a little slow at learning things, us humans. But um, yeah, so we, you know, for a bit of context, we have been working on your nutrition for a while for, you know, the last few years, slowly. Um, And we did start by trying to add in you know, uh, more meals through the day. And we focused on that frequency and we did focus a bit on balance uh, previously, like this is a couple of years ago, Mm -hmm. but yeah, it hasn't been until probably like the last year or so that, you know, we've really. um, Well, that it started to click because you were always, you'd always, you always suggested, have you thought about having like an apple and some cheese or something? And it's like, well, I can't do that. So I do apple and nut butter or something like that. And so I started to get some of the consistencies and started to have more balance, but now it's 
going okay where's the root vegetables don't worry so much about the the, the broccoli and all the, that kind of thing and let's cut out some of those nuts because of the high like yes they have a little bit of everything but not the right quantities of everything and that kind of thing so it you've always been trying to encourage me <laughs> to eat properly but it just didn't really click until a few months ago yeah, but I think that's powerful. You know, even though I've been, we've been having these conversations for the past couple of years, like it's just, I guess, since the start of this year that really the mind, because you have to think of like the worldview and the belief system and the practices that you've done for so long, you know, can take us a long time to shift that. So it's yes. just in this last year that you have really noticed that shift. Yeah, yeah. And then going back to that, thought of the long way home it's always every time it's like okay you know things kind of you get busy or whatever and you kind of lose a bit of focus and then it's like okay I'm ready to get back to focusing and then it's like so how long you know every other diet culture or whatever is like we can give you a six-week challenge a 12-week challenge and you should see results and I'm like okay so here's here's my plan for six weeks 12 weeks I'm gonna follow this okay, Amy, does this look right? And you're like, uh, you can't put a time on it. One of the biggest things that <laughs> has annoyed Shan is me saying, yeah, I don't know. There's no time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure how long it's going to take. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My whole life is revolved around numbers. Every t- my, my work, it's like, okay, there's a daily, you know, quarterly targets and it's all numbers based and everything like that. So it's like, so why can't I do it in this area of my life? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd love to ask, can you talk a bit about, you know, when you started to eat more and shift from, you know, like loads of like salad or broccoli or what like diet culture tells you that's healthy. Now I'm not saying that it's not, it has vitamins and minerals in it, but the way, you know, what Shen's talking about is, she eats quite metabolically, so a lot of yeah. quality proteins, a lot of roots and fruits, some fat. Um, now she does, and this is what we've been working on for the past, you know, couple of years. Can you talk to me about how the mind uh, went in that shift? You know, that shift from diet culture to eating this way, which um, you know is very different from what you did before. Yes, the, I mean, there's a couple of um, books that I had read. And a couple of other people that I followed on Instagram, which they had done this shift as well. So that kind of helped um, that. But it is, I mean, you, it, it's, it's weird because you, you, you're with your friends and, and that and they're having the broccoli salad or, or making sure that their kids are eating the vegetables too, which the kids are like, absolutely hate. So you're trying to coax them into eating that. And then you read a couple of things and you find out and it's like, well, you don't really have to eat all of that stuff as long as you're eating the root vegetables and having the the milk and all that kind of thing you're going to get the balanced meal and it takes one it takes a whole lot of stress off of me for making meals because now (laughs) I don't have to try and think about which vegetables I can try and hide or to give them they love fruit and I love fruit I mean it tastes so good and it's so fresh and and that and so yeah the meals are much more enjoyable um you're not chewing on broccoli that's bitter or whatever and that's half of your half of your plate and then you've got a little bit of this and a little bit of that so as far as shifting to that it did take a little bit of 
it took a shift. It took a new mindset because you're going from this way where it's food culture, you're supposed to keep low carbs and eat lots of vegetables and all that kind of thing to now, no, wait a minute, you get to have your fruit and don't worry about the, the sugar part and put sugar in your coffee and some of those things. Um, so it did take a little bit of shift, but as far as eating it and enjoying it, it's much more enjoyable um, than the other way. So yeah, I, I, I like the food I'm eating and I'm, I'm full afterwards. I'm not craving more food. Um, yay. <laughs> yeah. And I can, t- and then I also don't feel like I have to overindulge. Like if I do have the ice cream or whatever, it's like, I got to have a scoop of ice cream and enjoy it and not go, oh, well, I've had a scoop of ice cream. So now I might as well have, you know, three more because I'm off the bandwagon kind of thing. So yeah. I don't feel that there's that bandwagon kind of mentality anymore. Yeah, from what I'm hearing, you don't feel this like shame and judgment, uh, you know, piece, the story that comes in the in the mind around I shouldn't do that and I shouldn't do this and I've yeah. Yeah, sabotaged myself and yeah. Yeah, but if there's something like some chocolate covered almonds or whatever in the house, I may have a few, but I'm not going to have the whole bag. Yeah, because you feel more stable and you feel more balanced. Yeah. 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 Uh, And that's what often happens, like you said, when we really focus on frequency of meals and balancing, it helps balance our blood sugar and it reduces our cravings, uh, Mm -hmm. which, yeah, is is really cool um, in itself. Because, you know, if we have these cravings and and like you mentioned, you go in these binge cycles, well, with that comes so much shame and guilt, uh, which is not uh, fun (laughs) or helpful. Yeah. Well, yeah. And if you do that, it's like you, you all of a sudden you've, you, you know, if you've done the fasting or, or whatnot, and then it's noon and you've missed all your meals or whatever, and then you're not at the right place, you don't have the right combination. So then you have something else and you're like, well, I might as well just have the whole bag. Cause I'm absolutely hungry. I'm getting a headache. So I've got to keep eating and I'll just, and then it's the wrong food. So it doesn't really give you what you need anyways. So then you do the whole little crash and then you start up again. Yeah. Yeah, but you feel balanced, you have energy, and you also feel joy from your meals now. Yes, yeah, yeah, they're they're good. Yeah, they are, they're delicious. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I still sometimes give the, the guys different things than what I have, but um, like, you know, if it's, they tend to do more of the pasta, and I'm not quite into that, but, you know, we'll still have a pizza night and some of those things. yeah. Shen has to feed three males, so <laughs> don't you? Yeah, two of which are growing and the amount they eat, I cannot believe it. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of food. Um, so the, the next piece I want to talk about is your training uh, because you came from like high intensity CrossFit training, you know, two times a day. Uh, And I want to talk about the shift that we went through. So we have spoken about the walking. Uh, Could you talk about how the training has changed over the last uh, few years? As far as how many steps I'm doing for the walking, is that what you mean? No, 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 not your, not your walking, but your actual training. So the way that you used to train. So you used to do like high intensity CrossFit, oh, which is, you know, quite intense, yeah. um, very demanding, quite stressful on the body. And you were doing it 
uh, you know, a couple of times a day. Can you talk about the shift that we took uh, with the training? Right. So now, so that was, and that's partly why some of the back issues and everything came up because bad knees means that, oh, now you have to go and lift a heavy weight from um, the ground to overhead. And with bad knees, I would then use my back because I didn't want to have to bend my knees. So that's where that part came in. But um, what we shifted from is instead of doing that, then it's the gymnastics training. So it's much slower movements. There's nothing that is timed. It's, uh, (laughs) I love that you said that making sure that you're doing the exercise properly and controlled so that you get the most out of the exercise. So that's what we've shifted to. to, And that's much easier to do. You're still sweaty by the end of the the workout and you still know that you've done a workout, but you just haven't done it in such a, I think it's almost more detrimental because you're not necessarily doing things correctly. And you're just doing them so quickly that there's um, more chance of injuries as well. Yeah, yeah. So we shifted, you know, away from that high intensity training to more body weight strength and gymnastic strength and rebuilding the foundation. Have we been working on your knees for years now? Um, But what did you do this week? So I hit 100 pounds for my squats. So that is huge because as everybody knows, I have really bad knees. So the fact that I could do hundred pounds was good. And then I did 200 pounds for the deadlifts. So, yeah, yes. which is so super cool. The squat one was such a massive win because of your knee pain. Uh, and yeah, so the reason why I wanted to touch on the training is just to talk about this shift, you know, when we're in this stress state um, and you know, maybe we have a body composition goal, but you know, if the body doesn't feel safe and we're super stressed, what we need to do is shift it out of that stress state and make it feel safe. Uh, So we've spoken about the walking, the food, and then the training is like, you know, another piece that's a big part of our work together. And so we move from this high intensity, move fast, to slow, slow down, control, let's rebuild your foundation, let's work on the mobility, let's really work on your knees, uh, and let's use most of your body weight. You know, when we started, you know, you couldn't do a strict pull-up, and you can do like five now. Yep. What did I make you do the other day? I made you do eight rounds. Eight rounds of three. So 20. Yeah, because you're like, well, maybe, maybe for this one, you don't want to do five. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah, so we, we basically took that high intensity stuff away and then slowed it down, uh, and, you know, to help the body feel safer. And it's only now that, you know, Shen's, her markers are really good. And what we mean by that is, you know, her tampon pulse is good. Um, her energy's good. She's recovering well from her, the training that we were doing, her stress is pretty good and her body feels pretty safe so now we've moved into more weight training uh, and focusing on increasing uh, the stimulus of training by lifting heavier weights yes yeah it only took a few years didn't it yeah (laughs) but this is what I wanted to speak to you know when we um, when we go back and we rebuild our foundation and we move through this because we can talk about, 
you know, a performance goal and a body composition goal, uh, but the body needs to feel safe and we need to have a strong foundation before we can move into that body's composition goal. Hey, Shen. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's taken forever. It seems like, but um, yes, it needed to be done. And it's always the, so how long and when and, and whatnot. And I can even remember one of your um, uh, webinar or Zoom calls that we had with um, your group. And it was the whole body temp and pulse. And it's like, okay, well, it's not there. It, I'm, I, I've always had a low pulse. It's never going to get there. It's always been around the 60s. And then two or three weeks later, it actually, when I woke up, hit a 70. And I was like, oh my goodness, what's going on? And so now it's hitting the 70, 75 and even up to 80 when I wake up kind of thing, which it never did. And it was like, you, you felt like, okay, this is never going to happen. It's just my body. That's just what my pulse is. And then all of a sudden, finally, it actually started to come up. Um, and, and so then, like you said, that that's one of the markers and that's one of the ways that we can measure to make sure that we're still in a better state and we're not putting the stress on our system um, that we don't know of, know about even. Yeah, it's, they can be really helpful to, to look for. And yes, it is just one sign, but uh, I think, you know, consistency. We, we just have to like keep being consistent, keep being consistent. Uh, and eventually, you know, most of our markers should, should come on and we should be able to tick them off. And, you know, that's then a sign to say, okay, the body feels safe. Let's push the training. And we've just started to do that over the past couple of months. So, yeah. yeah so then, of course, what I'm going to ask is: so, how long is it going to take before I see the body composition change? Because you know, <laughs> you know me. It's like, okay, that's great. Now let's. So, yeah, and it was a, even that was a bit of a learning experience too, because we had started. I think it was in May, saying, okay, yeah, you're now ready to be able to start doing that. So then okay, these were the weight goals we were going to do for the squats. And during that month, I, I tried and I was like, at, I think at 85 pounds and, you know, my back hurt, my abs hurt. And I was like, I'm never going to get there. So then June 1st, we started kind of went backwards again. And uh, when we first started, you, I think your suggestion was 75 pounds. And then I did it. I was like, that's way too easy. So then upped it. And then just that month, it seemed like I had figured it out. And then yeah, on Saturday, I hit the 100 pounds, which two months ago, I thought never was going to happen. My goal was to do that by September. And I managed to do it in, within the month. Yeah. So, and you, you didn't just do it once. Well, I did 95 pounds and 100 pounds. Yeah. 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 yeah but yeah. you did it for reps. Oh, wait. Yes. It wasn't a one rep max. Yeah. No, I did. <laughs> For, um, I would, I, my goal is to do 20 reps in total. So I did a, I think the 95 pounds was a four by five. And then the hundred pounds was five by four. Cause I was like, that's a little heavy to do five reps in, at a time. So, yeah. Yeah. Which I think that's super cool and, and important as well, that it wasn't just like a, a one RM that you did this for reps. Like we built your capacity to tolerate it and, you know, it's full range. It looks really good, um, which was, yeah, such a, such a big win. But again, a really big learning, even in that, you know, and I think what you just said before, you know, we went here and then we went back and then we've gone here and then we've gone back. We've danced so many times like this, which, cause it's not linear, you know, and I know that you would love this nice linear no. line. 
Yes. Yeah. Here's the plan. Here's, like I said, here's the six week plan. Here's the 12 week plan. And in 12 weeks, this is where you'll be. That's what I'm used to. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so think of more of like a roller coaster or like oh, yeah. rolling hills of up and down. Yeah. Uh, that's what we've been on. But, you know, after you have the, the dip or the challenge, there, be, there comes a rise. And I think this week, you know, with your squat, that was really cool. And that was a rise. And we've had many like dips and rises. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, speaking into the body composition question, <laughs> again, I don't have an answer for you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but I think what's really key, you know, if you're listening is that We've made, you know, we've worked really hard to help Shen's body feel safe, uh, manage the stress, help with her cortisol and her hormones, uh, you know, nourish her body. Her markers are now good. And then we, we're just starting to look at creating that training stimulus and training hard and lifting heavier because her body can tolerate it. If we did that too early, we'd just kind of fall back to where we were before. Now, not saying that we won't have any like roadblocks or challenges moving forward. We always will. Yeah. Maybe a marker will drop off. Um, I remember when we, a couple, a few weeks ago, when we created a little calorie deficit, do you want to talk about that and what you noticed? Uh, what was, well, I can't remember what I told you as far as what I noticed with the calorie deficit part. Yeah. So, you know, we've been, we've been working on nourishing a body for like a long time. And then we only just started to talk about, okay, so if we want to change the body composition and lose fat mass, we're going to increase our training stimulus and we're going to create a small calorie deficit. So we did create that small calorie deficit. And remember within the first uh, few days, you noticed there was a drop off on your um, pulse. I think it was. Right. Right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. You just said, Hey, I noticed this, this is interesting. And so then I think we increased the calories just by a little bit more And then the pulse came, you know, back up and we found that deficit that worked for the body. Right. Yes. Yeah. So it's, and it's not like the, what you're typically used to as far as the calorie (laughs) deficits, it's, you know, taking in your total expenditure. So what you think you're actually burning in a day. And um, we figured out that I'm doing more around the 2,800 a day, sometimes 3,000. Uh, is what uh, I'll do in a day with all the walking and, and the training and, and that kind of thing. So you only wanted a three or 400 calorie deficit. You didn't want me to go down to the 1200 or 1800 uh, calories a day, because then we would go backwards again and get into that stress state where the body is now trying to survive. Yeah. Yeah. I think we started off with like a 300 calorie deficit and then we saw some changes in the pulse. So we dropped it to 200. Uh, But we're focusing a lot on increasing training stimulus. So, you know, you can create a small deficit, but you can also increase training stimulus. So we can just like eat the same amount of calories uh, and we can train harder or we can lift heavier. So what we did was create a little bit of a small deficit just while we're working on the training piece. You know, we're only just starting to increase training stimulus Mm -hmm. by lifting heavier weights. There will be a point where we don't really have to play with the deficit. We just increase the training stimulus, which will create the deficit for us. Right. Yeah. So the goal for us now is to lift heavier weights. (laughs) 
Which I haven't done my, I haven't done my deadlifts today. I'm kind of going, it always takes me a little bit because I'm like, oh, this is going to be heavy. But then yeah. once I do it, then I'm fine. But it, like, you know, I had plans of doing it at 7 a.m. this morning and it's now almost noon. So it's like, okay, I'll, I'll get to it. But it just takes me a little bit of time to motivate myself. Okay. I love this. This is really important. Um, how can you speak about how you make the time or how you find the time or how you approach your training? Because a lot of women that I work with that are in warrior school, but a lot of women out there are moms. They do have full-time jobs and they feel really overwhelmed by it. They, they prioritize everyone else and everything else. And they never seem to, you know, they'll have the plan to do it at 7am, but then they don't. And then they actually, I know you'll do your training today. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you feel good. Yeah. I know yes. that you will do it, but a lot of women then don't do it. And then they get to the evening time and they haven't done it. And I just, I'd love for you to speak about that. Cause I think it's really important. Yeah. So it's like the, starting with the walking. So now the walking, it's like every, every morning um, that happens. And it's kind of now because it's been going on for a couple of years. The household knows that Shannon, mom or Shannon goes for her walk and she's gone, going to be gone for a little while. So it's kind of, it's just a given. They, they know that she's not going to be around. There's the odd time I get a phone call asking for something to eat or whatever, but they know that that's my time. Um, so, and I sometimes have to put the kids on devices in order to get my time. And that's what I will sometimes, it's school's out now. So um, when school was in, I would try and do the, the weights just before the kids came home or while they were coming home so that if they did come home, it's like, okay, I have two more sets to do and then I'll be there. But now with school out, most likely if they're not playing with friends, I might say, okay, yeah, you guys can go on devices so that that allows me the time to be able to, to do the training. And so I know it's not, people are against the devices or whatnot, but sometimes it's, it's what you need in order to get some of the things done for yourself. So that, that's how I am able to, to do that. And with my job, it's a little easier for me because I don't have to be in an office from nine to five. I have some sort of flexibilities because sometimes I'm in the hospital at seven o'clock in the morning. So I can juggle it according to what my schedule is like for work. But yes, I, I mean, I make sure I set aside two or three times a week to be able to train. But it is also easier because it's only two or three times a week. It's not five or six, which is what, I mean, CrossFit was, five, I would go five days. I couldn't do the weekends. So every morning and you're doing an hour that class, it takes you 15 minutes to get there, 15 minutes to get back. So an hour and a half. And so you would have to do it at five o'clock or six o'clock in the morning so that you weren't, um, you were home for the kids and be able to get to work and all that kind of thing. So the fact that it's now three and 40 minutes an hour depends on whether I'm like trying to combine squats and deadlifts together, or if I'm splitting them up, then it, it, it's so that will affect how much, how long it takes. But I find that it's, it's easier to do because you only have to try and carve out those times three, three to four days a week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I really like how you said that, you know, it's been a couple of years of you doing the walking practice. So now everyone knows, did you have to have a conversation with them to say, you know, this is like what I need, or this is what I want to do. And this is how you can help me do that. Um, well, the kids, it was some, so much, it was just, you know, mom's going for, and then Dave would be, he'd be, make sure he was around. So, um, and if I would go often in the morning, like on Saturday and Sunday mornings. So that was the time for the kids to, you know, watch devices, Dave would watch the news or whatever. So they really wouldn't miss me once they had food in their bellies and they had a device, they were, they were fine. So there wasn't too much um, conversing. I mean, I did explain to Dave that, you know, I'm trying to go a different way. I'm not doing the CrossFit anymore. So I need to be able to try and get my body out of this stress state. So I'm going to be walking. So that's, and you know, there's times where I would have to wait until three o'clock in the afternoon to do the walk or, or whatever, but um, now it's, it's just happens. Yeah. 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 I think I just wanted to bring it up because a lot of, and you can probably speak to this more than myself, but I just work with a lot of mums and there comes like guilt around, you know, finally choosing to take time for themselves and they find the conversation really hard to ask for, you know, what they need. Um, And so I was just curious if, yeah, like how you navigated that and if there were conversations around, you know, asking for what you need and if there was guilt that came up and how you worked through that. Yeah, um, sometimes, I mean, there. I wouldn't say that there was guilt because, it, uh, I mean, as a mom, I know that it's hard and I know that how much stuff gets asked of you. So the fact that you're asking for you know, 30 or 40 or an hour a day to be able to have this time to walk that you, you think that that would, that would be okay. But you know, it's, it's sometimes hard when you've got a two-year-old or a four-year-old or whatever the ages are. But like last year, what I would do often um, because the kids were home is I would take them up to the park. They would go play in the park and then I would just do loops around the park. So I, they're playing, do a loop around, check to see how they're doing so that I would able, was able to fit it in to them needing their, their care and, and that, and then me also getting my walk. So it wasn't necessarily the least stressful walk, but I was still able to, to get the walking in and, and that kind of thing. Yeah. From what I'm hearing is, you know, you, you want to train and it's a big part of your life and you really value it for how it makes you feel and for some goals that you want to be able to achieve with it. So you know that you are going to train those two or three times a week and you plan it in. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I mean, it, I, yes, I have to plan it in. It has to, it has to be, it's one of the higher priorities as far as, okay, laundry might not get done today. It'll get done tomorrow because I need to be able to get this part of my training in. The one thing I also have noticed from walking more is that yes, my stress level has come down, which has also helped with the kids. I mean, I do lose my temper and I do get cross or whatnot, but I don't have as short a fuse as I had two years ago. So I think you wouldn't realize it and you think, okay, this is guilty. I'm taking away from my kids or whatnot, but it gives you the time and the space to be able to clear your mind so that you can have a little bit more patience when it comes to your, your kids. 
Yeah, I totally agree. And I see that a lot. You know, if you take that time for you, uh, you can powerfully show up, you know, you show up more powerfully, I think, in your relationships with your children, with your partner, just, you know, in all relationships, because, well, you've got more energy, you're not hungry. (laughs) You know, you feel more confident in your own body. And I think that you know, saturates and bleeds into all other areas and all other relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. There's um, a couple more questions sure. that I want to finish with. Um, okay. What is one of the biggest things that you have learned over the past few years? <laughs> Patience. <laughs> Taking the long way home. It's not going to happen in 12 weeks. Okay. Patience has been a really big learning for you. Yes. Okay. And what does, when you say that, what do you mean by that? Well, it's the whole patience and trusting in the system. Like, uh, man. And your body. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But it's eventually going to do what it needs to do or what I want it to do. Um, Yeah. Because now I can't even think about it. There was a word that we each had to come up with at the beginning in January. And what was mine? Because it, it, it um, wasn't just, it was courage because it was, you had to trust and you had to have, and you had to have a couple of other things than just the trust part. So it was courage, courage that it's going to continue on courage that your body is going to actually respond and heal itself. And that you'll eventually uh, with the patience and, and trust, it'll eventually get to where you want to be. It may not happen in the time that you want it to, but it will eventually get there. Yeah. And I want to highlight because we often are not very good at um, celebrating our own wins. So that's why I get everyone, all of the women that I work with to write in diaries, just so they can actually look at their wins. Uh, Shan's had so many wins like over the last few years. Yeah. We're speaking about still getting there. And I think having goals is fine. And if we want to change our body composition and our body feels safe, that's also fine. But she's, you know, we need to celebrate so many things around if it's like tolerance and resilience to stress, not being hungry, feeling more stable, um, you know, her strength, her pull up goals, you know, there has been changes in her body composition through, you know, your shoulders and your arms and, you know, celebrating your knees. So there's been like loads of wins. (laughs) that I will share on your behalf (laughs) that um, because we're, you know, we still want to get more. Yeah. We want to do more. And I think that's okay, but we need to celebrate the wins. And you've had so many wins over the past few years on this journey. Uh, And yes, patience has probably been your biggest learning and mostly trust. I think trusting your body, trusting that, because for so long you didn't listen to it or you did the opposite, you know, that trying to listen to it and trust it is really scary. So yeah, big, big learning, hard learning. Uh, And then my last one is, you know, if you could tell all the women out there that are, might be on similar journeys to yourself. If you could give them some kind of advice or support or words of wisdom, what would you say to them? Well, um, uh, 
I'm just trying, well, because as we were talking earlier, it seems like already, always around day 20, that's when I start to question the whole system and get impatient. So I would, again, it would be trust in the system, trust your body, and it will eventually respond and you will eventually start to see the results, but you cannot, you can't speed up the process. You, there are no shortcuts. You cannot try and um, move from one stage to the next faster to try to the end result faster. And it's just going to take time. And I think the body temperature and the pulse are a great, like if you are a numbers person, it is a great way to say, okay, this is what, this is where I'm at. And a great way to see if there's some sort of a, an improvement and not until you're, you, those markers are in place, can you really start to then push your body? Again? Yeah, I think, um, you know, we can reframe the numbers, especially if you've come from like diet culture and taking away and restricting and less to let's look at the numbers, but it's more from a, a health perspective. Like, is my body healthy? You know, is it feeling safe? Uh, and then once it is healthy and it is feeling safe, you yep. know, then we can move into that body composition goal or that performance goal. And I think it's okay to look at numbers, especially if you are a numbers person, but it's more from the perspective of, okay, is it healthy? Is it thriving? Is it functioning well? Does it feel safe? Because then it allows me to keep moving forward. And if it doesn't, because I can see all these signs, well, then there's still work to do, you know, work to do around managing your stress or your nutrition, or maybe even the training might be a little bit too stressful. Um, Yeah. So... I just want to thank you. Thank you for being brave to be the first one to do the podcast episode. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And for sharing your story. Yeah. Thank you for being brave and sharing your story. Not a problem. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being there. Thank you for answering my questions on how much longer yeah. is it going to take? When am I going to start to see the results? And like, it's yeah. time. We were actually talking the other day on our check-in call that it always happens around day like 20, 21, 22, that I used to get lots of uh, texts or messages from Shannon. Like, I'm really frustrated. How long is it going to take? I don't like how I feel. And then the other day she said that she just went into Lulu to try on some clothes and she went in on day like 20, 21. (laughs) And the same thing, the stories and the mind started to say all these things. And so we, you know, our advice to you is to not try Lululemon on on day 21. Yeah, Yeah. or bathing suits. Or try it on and, you know, be okay that you know that you're on day 21 and you will cycle back around and you'll feel really great on day 10 or 14. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting better. We've had a couple of those conversations where I've gotten better and it's like, stop worrying about what the size is. So it's taking some time but yes yeah I mean it's a huge it's a huge stress and it's a huge um, like society puts a lot of pressure on on you as far as women that you're supposed to be able to do it all and then you're you know you have to do it all you have to juggle everything and yet you're also supposed to stay in this small little package um and it's like well how are you supposed to do that and that's why you did all the dieting and the excessive exercising because you're trying to keep all of that restrictive so you can keep it down. So then you go to the 
okay, let's get the body safe and healthy. So now you have to go the other way. And then you're like, okay, so how long before I can start to feel that athletic body kind of thing? So it's uh, society puts a lot of pressure on you and then you just internalize that as well. So it's hard. It is really hard. And I think we'll end it there. You know, it's hard. This stuff can sound simple, but as Shannon said, it's not easy. Yeah. And you add in other layers of your life that can make it a little harder, but uh, consistency and patience yes, uh, is, yeah, it's probably been our biggest learnings together. Yes. That would be consistency would be another good one. Yes. Yes. Um, okay. Well then you can go off and do your deadlifts and I will see you this afternoon in yeah. class. After I feed all the kids or that all the men upstairs. They're free because yep. they're really hungry now. So I'll and yourself, feed yourself I, as well. I will. I had a little uh, coffee with the collagen and uh, sugar and milk. So, yep. Beautiful. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you so much. Sounds good. Thank you very much. We'll see you this afternoon. Bye. Warrior Woman, you can listen to these episodes wherever you listen to your podcast. Please give it love by subscribing now. And if you enjoyed this episode, please rate it and share it with another warrior woman. Also, tag me in it on Instagram with your biggest takeaway. woman. So this training, nutrition and health stuff has challenged you at your deepest level and now you feel stuck. Maybe you've missed regular training for over a year due to an injury and you feel scared to start training again. Maybe you've tried so many programs but they didn't work. So now you feel tired, overwhelmed, out of shape and weak. I believe this stuff shouldn't feel so goddamn hard. I also believe that we should all feel strong and confident. So I pulled on all my knowledge and my experiences over the last decade and created Warrior School. In Warrior School, I help you swap confusion and overwhelm for a plan to get stronger and healthier. And who doesn't love a good plan? Inside Warrior School, I will teach you the key metabolic nutrition principles to give you energy and support your training. I teach you how to approach training to get stronger and get those results that you want. And I teach you how to regulate your cycle and use it as a tool to support your training. I invite you to become a part of Warrior School in three simple steps. Fill out the application form on my website, Book a free discovery call where we talk about your training and your goals. Three, start training today to get stronger and healthier.